0: On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla's Giga Shanghai team is reportedly working on the next level of Giga casting that would forge the entire underbody of a car in one piece. Plus, Giga Texas is getting a cyber cafeteria. CarMax shares some interesting data about ICE cars that Model 3 owners leave behind and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey here with you for another episode of Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. This one for October 1st, 2023, episode 426. Yes, I said October 1st. We are already in Q4. Q3, aka the quarter where we finally got the FSD transfer capability that we were all waiting for, has come to an end. Mostly. There is good news, though, and those of you that are affected by this already know, but for everybody else, I think this is just a good thing to know because it's Tesla doing the right thing for its customers. So Tesla acknowledged that it will honor the FSD transfer for customers that ordered their new Tesla by the end of the third quarter, by September 30th. You no longer have to have taken delivery of the car, by the end of september the end of the quarter and again this is just the right thing to do and kudos to tesla for doing so because a customer should not be penalized for something that's could be and probably is completely out of their control such as say just like a random example a car carrier that's carrying your car on it gets say a flat tire or there's a there's a five car pile up in front of it on the interstate that that keeps it from getting to where it needs to be on time. And so, you know, that is not something that the customer should be penalized for, particularly penalized to the tune of $12,000, the value of FSD. So I was really glad to see Tesla do that. And maybe even a few of you out there took advantage of that and went ahead and took that second chance, if you will, to order a new Tesla and utilize the full self-driving transfer capability. Next this week, uh, news that's not so good, that we started with good news, now not as good, and I know a lot of you are in the same boat, feeling a little pain with me on this one. First world pain, but pain nevertheless. The birthday present from Tesla that I talked about, which I have to pay for, 800 bucks, for the the power rear liftgate retrofit well, that birthday gift has been rescinded. They they put the pack the wrapped present on the table, and then we're like, nope, we're just gonna take that right back. It seems I will not be getting a power rear liftgate retrofit after all. At least not yet. So this started when a fellow San Francisco Bay Area resident had his car in at Tesla service to get the retrofit and was told that the 2018s thus also implying the 2017s as well for those of you that have them quote don't have the source needed to draw the necessary power end quote presumably the power to power the rear the power rear liftgate so you might like me think that sounds a little bit silly at face value given that every Model 3 made in 2018 or earlier sits atop a 75 kilowatt hour battery pack, but obviously it's not that simple. So anyway, the product description for this on the shop.tesla.com website very quickly got updated and it now reads, compatible with most Model 3 vehicles produced in 2019 and 2020 with a manual liftgate. And indeed, later on in, that, in this week, I did receive an email, as did everybody else that had signed up for this retrofit that has a 2017 or 2018, that told us our appointments were being canceled and that our cars were not compatible with this retrofit. I do, however, have a silver lining of at least optimism. I guess I wouldn't necessarily call it good news because it hasn't actually happened, but it is optimism. I checked in with a Tesla source of mine on this who told me that the communication from the engineering team to the service teams says that Tesla is working on a retrofit that will be compatible with the 2018 and 2017 Model 3s. No promises, certainly, but since this was not a customer-facing document, this was totally an internal thing, I would have to imagine that the engineers would not simply be telling the service people that to just to try and placate them because they're working on the sa- they're on the same team. There's no reason to mislead them at all. So I certainly am, am happy to take that at face value and hope that at some point, hopefully not too far down the road, that those of us, the many of us in the 2018 group that want this retrofit will in fact be able to get it. And hopefully, since it sounds like there's going to be some extra work required to get the 2018s and 2017s to be compatible with this, I sure hope it'll cost the same $800. I, I would not be thrilled if the price went up on this because I think 800 is, obviously I'm willing to pay it, but if it were to go too much higher, I'm not sure if I would stomach it. And And it's not our fault that the 2018s don't have the necessary source to draw power from and that the 2019s and 2020s do. So hopefully, if it arrives, and I I certainly do hope it arrives for us, the price will remain the same. All right, next up this week, as I record this, Tesla is wrapping up that third quarter. As As most of you are listening to this, that third quarter has come to a close, but it's still the evening here on September 29th as I record on Friday night. And that means that the entire Tesla team's working really hard to get to the end and through the end of the third quarter, which means that this time next week, for next week's podcast, we will have the production and delivery numbers to analyze. Now, we've been told by Tesla, we all know this, from the last earnings call, Tesla has said to expect the usual growth to be a little stalled in Q3 because of the planned factory shutdowns that happened this past quarter. So I'm just very curious to see exactly where things will land. And again, we'll talk about that next week on episode 427. Oh, and on a related note, we'll also know next week when the Q3 earnings call will be. I think it's very likely if we look at past precedent on this, that it will be on Wednesday, October 18th, meaning that I will have my usual quarterly analysis and recap episode in three weeks from now, on episode 430, so stay tuned for that. In fact, since the Cybertruck launch did not occur in Q3, did not occur in September, there's a pretty good chance that it could end up being on Thursday, October 19th, the day after the earnings call, because Tesla events do always seem to land on Thursdays, for whatever reason. And, well, the 19th, middle of the month, it's entirely possible that the uh, those two big Tesla events will go back to back. So we will hopefully learn that soon with regard to the Cybertruck event. But yes, all my, my uh, small wager on the earnings call would be that it's going to be on October 18th. I'll tell you when it is in fact going to be on next week's show. Before I get going with the rest of this week's Tesla news, I hope all of you that are kindly supporting me on Patreon at that $10 a month tier or higher enjoyed this week's lightning round mini episode, which I do every week exclusively for those Patreon backers. And this week's was about my head-to-head comparison of a new 2023 Model S with my 2018 Model 3 performance after I took a test drive of a 2023 Long Range S this past weekend in my failed attempt to get a test drive of a Plaid. They did not have any plaids to drive, so uh, decided to take the family out for a short test drive in the Long Range, which uh, made for an interesting comparison to my Model 3 performance. As a reminder, anytime any of you are so kind enough to join my Patreon at that $10 a month tier or higher, you will get access to every single one of those lightning round mini episodes, both past, present and future. There are now 65 of them. So if you'd like to maybe take a look at some more information and consider signing up and backing me on Patreon, you can take a look at patreon.com/tesla podcast, Patreon spelled P A T r-e-o-n a reminder that if you would rather just pledge once for the year you think you know what yes ryan i want to support you but the monthly thing it doesn't appeal to me as much can i just can i just pledge to you once for a year yes you can do that and if you are so kind to do that you'll get a 10 percent discount on that compared to doing the monthly pledge and then one other thing i'll remind you of as well Patreon has recently enabled the 7-day free trial, which I have attached to that most popular tier, the $10 month tier, so you can sign up for that without having to commit any money if you'd just like to see what it's like to get those Patreon perks, the early access to each week's episode and that weekly lightning round bonus mini episode. Oh, and actually, sorry, before I get going with the rest of this week's Tesla news, I have one more fun little personal announcement to share with you. I will be uh, at their invitation. I'm very grateful here. I will be making regular guest appearances. Hopefully it looks like it's going to be weekly on the Kim Java YouTube channel. Starting with the first video that we shot today, as I record this Friday, that if it's not up right now here on Sunday, as this episode releases, it should be up very, very, very soon. So, for those of you out there, and and there are plenty of you that have very kindly said, you know, I love the podcast, I'd love to see you do YouTube, well, this, to me, uh, seems like a really fun way for me to go about getting into YouTube in the Tesla space that doesn't upset the very delicate balance that I've managed to strike between continuing to give my all at my full-time job, while also putting out this podcast that I can be proud of every single week and being a present and loving husband and father and not going insane in the process of all of that. So uh, I really want to thank Kim and her husband PJ for inviting me. It was just such a, a wonderful email to get when they reached out and said, Hey, we'd love to talk to you about, about, uh, coming on our channel. So if you would like to check that video out and/or any of other any other of Kim's videos, you can find them on YouTube.com/at the at sign. It's Kim Java. I T S K I M J A V A. So I am looking forward to uh, doing some more Tesla content this time on YouTube. All right, time to get rolling with this week's proper Tesla news. Here's a fun one to start things off this week. Tesla filed a permit for a 22,000 square foot cyber cafeteria at Giga Texas. Yes, that is Tesla's own words there. That is not Teslarati, who, who wrote the story I'm about to summarize for you, or anybody else's terminology. That is in the permit from Tesla, cyber cafeteria. And Teslarati writes... Tesla appears to be putting in some effort to ensure that its staff at Giga Texas is well supported. To this end, Tesla has filed a permit to build a rather expansive cafeteria for its workers at the complex, one that seems to be inspired by the company's all-electric pickup truck. As seen in a form from the Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation, the project is listed as the quote, Cyber Cafeteria. The estimated cost of the project is $10.5 million, and it would involve some renovation and alteration work. This suggests that the Cyber Cafeteria would be replacing an existing facility in the Giga Texas complex. The project is expected to start on October 25th, and its completion date is listed at May 1st, 2024. By the time the Cyber Cafeteria is completed, the production of the Cybertruck may also be hitting its stride. Thank you to Teslarati for that summary. And I will say this, I really do appreciate that Giga Texas seems to be designed and now being evolved around the idea of making it a genuinely really fun place to work. I mean, Giga Berlin started down this road as well with its community sourced graffiti art on the outside of the building which is which is beautiful if you've seen pictures of it, or for some of you, had the privilege to actually go there. But Texas now seems to be taking it to the next Texas-sized level by making a giant cyber cafeteria. You know, I, I figure that it probably doesn't hurt that Elon Musk lives in Texas now, which, of course, is largely thanks to SpaceX's Boca Chica-based base uh, based Starbase. <laughs> that's, that's a little awkward to say. So, Boca Chica-based Starbase. I really should look at my notes more carefully sometimes. But Starbase isn't too far away, right? So Elon spends the bulk of his Tesla time at Giga Texas relative to the other facilities. And certainly Elon's spending time there because of the Cybertruck production ramp. Production's about to get started, and I'm sure he's going to be popping in frequently to make sure that the production ramp is progressing through that S-curve pretty slowly, pretty smoothly, I should say. Hopefully not pretty slowly, my goodness. And uh, we also learned, I'll add too, from Walter Isaacson's Elon Musk biography, more on that in a bit, we learned that the Generation 3 car, the $25,000 car, will now start production in Texas as well, rather than the original plan of Giga Mexico. So all of that is to say that Giga Texas is likely getting more attention from Elon since he's seemingly spending more of his time there than at any of the other Tesla vehicle factories. So it is neat to see a, a big thing like this, the cyber, I wonder what the cyber cafeteria is gonna look like. I think you can probably take it to the bank that the countertops will all be stainless steel because they often are in kitchens and restaurants as it is. So yeah, that, and probably the same alloy, right? I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, scrap alloy from from uh, S- starship construction or what have you, But that will probably be a pretty cool cafeteria when it's all said and done. But you know, setting all of that aside, everything that we are hearing and seeing about Giga Texas seems to indicate that it's a pretty futuristic, pretty cool place. We're also expecting in a future phase for there to be public space outside because it's right along the river there. So, you know, it's when it's all said and done, Giga Texas could end up being a really cool, really futuristic kind of building. And uh, I, I also say that we can, everything that we see about Giga Texas, the reason I, I choose that word specifically is because we did get to see a little bit particularly of the lobby, which looks beautiful, this past week. Elon hosted the president of Hungary this past week at Giga Texas, and uh, the Madam President's office released a little video of the visit that Elon posted on his Twitter feed, in which we learned that she got to take a little test ride in a near-final Cybertruck. So I guess it pays to be a world leader sometimes, Right. Every now and again, you you get the perks like that. Next up this week, Reuters has a rumor that comes via the Shanghai Securities News that Tesla is working on next-generation gigacasting technology that would cast the entire underbody of the truck, or excuse me, of the cars, I'm sorry, I'm still on, still got my brain in in, uh, Cybertruck mode, the entire underbody of the vehicles produced at giga shanghai in one piece so again this story comes via reuters who writes tesla is working on an upgrade of its giga casting technology to die cast almost all vehicle underbody parts in one piece the shanghai securities news reported this past week citing unnamed sources close to the automaker The state-owned Chinese newspaper, which based its report after a recent visit to Tesla's Shanghai factory, did not say when and where the upgrade will happen. Reuters reported this month that Tesla was closing in on an innovation that would allow it to die-cast nearly all of the underbody of an electric vehicle in one piece. Tesla has pioneered the use of huge presses, with 6,000 to 9,000 tons of clamping pressure mold the front and rear structures of its Model Y in its gigacasting process that has slashed production costs. At its Shanghai plant, Tesla's biggest worldwide, the company has been die-casting the rear of the Model Y since 2020, which allowed it to cut related costs by 40%. Wow. Well Reuters has hit on big scoops like this before, and while Honestly, I wouldn't put this quite in the same scoop group, if you will, as, say, when they scooped the existence of Project Highland. This is still certainly a notable story, so thank you to Reuters. And and it's definitely not a surprise to any of us, I think, that Tesla would be looking to level up its own huge innovation. I mean, that's what Tesla does, right? It's a very Elon thing, where... They look at things and go, okay, hey, we solved a huge problem here by casting the entire front and rear end of the car in one piece each. First principles thinking says that we must next ask ourselves, well, can we do the entire underbody in a single piece? And it would appear that the answer to that is yes. Now, I have 100% confidence that Tesla will absolutely make this happen, vaulting them ahead of the rest of the automotive industry yet again, who, by the way, the rest of that industry is only just now starting to wake up to the idea that gigacastings can be massively beneficial to their businesses. Right now, as, as I record this, I'm in the last 50 or 60 pages of Walter Isaacson's Elon Musk biography. And... One theme that's been hammered home repeatedly throughout the book is that Elon seems just personally incapable of sitting back and enjoying success, enjoying a big achievement. Instead, he goes into what Isaacson calls a surge, uh, and the, the bad version of that is called demon mode, and again, I encourage you to read the book, but... The surge that Isaacson talks about and observed during his two years of shadowing Elon is such that Elon will, instead of enjoying success, push his team forward to tackle some much bigger problem than the one that they just solved. And this next-gen gigacasting, call it a gigacasting 2.0, if you will, I feel like could be a version of that. Because gigacasting, Tesla's proven it it works. So, you know, Elon probably came in and said something like, well, are the laws of physics stopping us from doing the entire underbody in one piece? And then when his engineers answered no, Elon probably responded with something like, okay, well, let's go figure it out. So certainly an evolved gigacasting process would be beneficial to all of Tesla's vehicles, but I'd have to think that it's being primarily developed with that Gen 3 car in mind. Because with the sheer volumes that Tesla's talking about for that car, I know I'm like a broken record with this on the podcast, but it just can't be said enough. Tesla is talking about building three to five million of just that car every single year. Not to mention the fact that it's going to be a have a $25,000 or so price objective. And so an innovation like this, a, a full underbody gigacasting, is crucial to achieving both of those goals, the high volume and the low price point for the customer. And my final point on this is that if Shanghai is the team that's working on it, odds are it'll not only get done but it'll probably get done ahead of schedule because that just seems to be the M.O. of that team. Next this week, CarMax released its Spring 2023 EV Consumer Report. And here are a few EV-specific highlights, and then I'll give you one particularly interesting Tesla-specific nugget that I would like to share with you out of this. So, number one... CarMax says that search volume for terms containing electric on CarMax.com doubled from February 2022 to February 2023. Point number two. In February of 2023, the top five most popular electric vehicles at CarMax were the Tesla Model 3. I'll bet you can guess what's next. Yup, the Tesla Model Y the Nissan Leaf, the Ford Mustang Mach-E, and the Chevy Bolt EV. Point number three from CarMax. From September 1st of 2022 to February 28th of 2023, SUVs were the most common vehicle type traded in for electric vehicles, while Toyota was the most traded in brand for EVs. Interesting. Now, as for the Tesla-specific factoid that I promised you, get this. CarMax says, quote, drilling down deeper into the specific makes and models used car shoppers are trading in for an EV also uncovers buying trends. For the Tesla Model 3, our most popular EV at CarMax from September of 2022 to February of 2023, the most common trade-in was a Honda Civic. And the second most common was a Toyota, no, not Prius, a Toyota Tacoma. Tacoma, get that. So the Civic I might have guessed after a few tries because I absolutely would have chosen, I would have guessed the Prius first. So if, we're, if this was the family feud right now, I, I'm not sure what the survey would have said on that one. It definitely, Prius was not the number one answer, as we learned. But I will admit readily, I never, never would have guessed that the Taco, the Toyota Tacoma, was the second most common vehicle traded in for a Model 3, per their data. Which obviously isn't totally comprehensive, but it's a large sample size. You know, if I, if I try to mentally dig into that, I'm wondering if maybe the Tacoma was a family's second car, so they swapped that for the Model 3 and then kept their other car, be it most likely an SUV or a minivan, as their primary car? So maybe? And and okay, even if my admittedly shot-in-the-dark hypothesis is correct on that, I suspect that, as I've said before on this podcast, that the Model 3 would probably likely become many families' primary car once they've had it for a very short time and managed to fall in love with it, which I guarantee is what happened in about 98% of cases. Because the quickest path, as I've said before, (laughs) the quickest path to becoming a two Tesla household is to be a one Tesla household. Because you get one, and then another one seems to follow for a lot of families. That's what's gonna happen in my house, as soon as Tesla builds one of the two vehicles that I'm waiting for, but for most people, the 3 is likely very often paired with a Y. With the Y, I would venture a guess to say that probably it takes over as the primary car for the family due to the added utility of that cargo volume. So, interesting data here from CarMax, and I'm I'm glad to see them share this stuff. I find it interesting. And I was curious what all of you traded in when you got your Tesla. So I made this the subject of this week's Patreon poll. And the results, well, the question was simply, what brand of vehicle did you replace when you bought your Tesla? And as a reminder, the Patreon poll goes up every week, usually on Tuesday evenings. And it's always Available to everyone. You don't have to be a Patreon backer to vote in the poll. I just welcome anybody in the Ride the Lightning audience to come and vote, which you can do on my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Podcast. And so a lot of respondents this week, 251 votes as of this recording. Number one, by a reasonable margin, was Toyota slash Lexus. Yeah, I, I went ahead and lumped them together. I could have separated them, but I, I already had like over a dozen entries because I wanted to try and include as many car companies as possible. So I grouped Toyota and Lexus together. I grouped Nissan and Infiniti and Honda and Acura, Volkswagen and Audi, uh, just wherever it was appropriate, Hyundai and Kia. But 21% of you who responded said that you traded in, you ca- or you came from a Toyota or Lexus. 16% of you, said you came to Tesla from a Honda or Acura and those were those were pretty clearly the top 2 no other car maker got a double digit vote percentage GM and Ford each got 9% of the vote and it trickles way off from there so thank you to everybody that took the time to vote in this week's Patreon poll I've got a couple more news stories to talk to you about before I get to your phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline. But before I do that, let me mention that Ride the Lightning is brought to you in part this week by Oracle NetSuite. Business owners, tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Your business gets to a certain size and the cracks start to emerge. Things you used to do in a day are taking a week. You have too many manual processes. You don't have one source of truth. If this is you, you should know these three numbers, 36,000, So 36,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That is 25 years of helping businesses do more with less Close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need, all in one place. Like, I'm a one man show today, but who knows? Maybe one day Ride the Lightning will turn into its own company with an actual team. And if and when that day comes, I will look to NetSuite to help make managing my business easier by keeping all of my most important business tasks in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com lightning. That's netsuite.com slash lightning to get your own KPI checklist. N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash lightning. And then continuing to put the Xcare product out there for you guys that are hanging on to your Teslas for a while like I am. We have my friends at Accelerate Auto. So, this week's Ride the Lightning is also brought to you in part by my friends at Accelerate Auto, former Tesla employees themselves, and current Tesla owners, longtime Tesla owners who wanted to fill a void here. The, there was no extended warranty option in the market for a long time after Tesla stopped offering their own extended warranty plans. Well, Tesla's back now, but it's just with a fixed two year. 25,000 mile extended warranty plan, X Care is far more flexible. You can tailor your policy to your needs. X Care offers up to 10 years and up to 125,000 miles after your factory warranty is up. I have an extra three years and an extra 40,000 miles for my X Care plan. They also have the same $100 deductible and 24/7 roadside assistance. that Tesla's own extended warranty plan does. But Xcare offers rental reimbursement and trip interruption coverage, which Tesla does not. So check them out, see which plan is right for you. Go to accelerateauto.com slash Xcare that's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O dot slash X-C-A-R-E. And don't forget to use the discount code LIGHTNING for $100 off your purchase. All right, back to this week's Tesla news. Tesla is reportedly increasing the orders for its Dojo D1 supercomputer chips. The D1 is a custom Tesla application-specific integrated circuit, a.k.a. ASIC, that's designed for the Dojo supercomputer, and it is reportedly ordered from Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, who we all know better as TSMC. I saw this written up on Tesla Roddy, who writes, Citing a source reportedly familiar with the matter, Taiwanese publication Economic Daily noted that Tesla will be doubling its D1 Dojo chip order to 10,000 units for the coming year. Considering the Dojo supercomputer's scalability, expectations are high that the volume of D1 chip orders from TSMC will continue to increase until 2025. Dojo, after all, is expected to be used by Tesla for the training of its driver assist systems and self driving AI models. With the rollout of projects like FSD, the dedicated Robotaxi, and Optimus, Dojo's contributions to the company's operations would likely be more substantial. Interestingly enough, the Economic Daily noted that Tesla's D1 chip orders from TSMC are also helping the chipmaker. As per the publication, TSMC's HPC related order momentum has increased thanks to its deal with Tesla. While neither Tesla nor TSMC have commented on the matter, the publication noted that the two companies' business relationship has become a bit of an open secret in the industry. Well, like with battery cells, Tesla simply can't get enough supercomputer silicon in order to satisfy its hunger. They have a bottomless stomach for this stuff and endless appetite. They will use every single dojo chip that they can get their hands on and every single GPU cluster that they can get from NVIDIA also. If the RoboTaxi is ever going to be real, it's going to be the dojo that plays a huge role in making that happen. So I'm happy to hear that Tesla's partnered up with TSMC to just get more of these bad boys made. Yes, I am rooting this on. There is no downside here. All good. And finally this week, I, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I'm still making my way through Walter Isaacson's biography of Elon Musk, but I'm continuing to dog ear some pages along the way so that I can share some excerpts with you for maybe another couple more shows after this one. I've got one more Queued up for this week. And this one is about how Tesla got Panasonic to partner with them on the original battery gigafactory in Reno. So let me just grab my copy of the book here. All right, here we go. The idea that Musk proposed in 2013 was audacious build a gigantic battery factory in the U.S. With an output greater than all other battery factories in the world combined. Quote, it was a completely wacky idea, says J.B. Straubel, the battery whiz who was one of Tesla's co founders. Quote, it seemed like science fiction crazy. To Musk, it was a matter of first principles. The Model S was using about 10% of the world's batteries. The new models that Tesla had on the drawing board, an SUV called the Model X and a mass-market sedan that would become the Model 3, would require ten times the number of batteries. Quote, What began as a showstopper problem, Straubel says, became a really fun blue-sky-wacky-brainstorming opportunity to say, wow, this is actually a chance to do something unique. There was one problem, Straubel recalls. Quote, We had no clue how to build a battery factory. So Musk and Straubel decided to pursue a partnership with their battery supplier, Panasonic. Together they would build a facility where Panasonic would make the battery cells and then Tesla would turn them into battery packs for cars. The 10 million square foot factory would cost $5 billion and Panasonic would finance $2 billion of it. But Panasonic's top leaders were hesitant. They had never had that type of partnership And Musk, understandably, did not strike them as an easy guy to dance with. To prod Panasonic, Musk and Straubel came up with a charade. At a site near Reno, Nevada, they set up lights and sent in bulldozers to start preparing for construction. Then Straubel invited his counterpart at Panasonic to join him on a viewing platform to watch the work. The message was clear. Tesla was forging ahead with the factory. Did Panasonic want to be left behind? It worked. Musk and Straubel were invited to Japan by Panasonic's new young president, Kazuhiro Tsuga. Quote, it was a come to Jesus session where we had to make him truly commit that we were going to build the insane gigafactory together, Straubel says. The dinner was a formal multi-course affair at a traditional low table Japanese restaurant. Straubel was fearful about how Musk would behave, quote, Elon can be so much hell and brimstone in meetings and just unpredictable as all get out, he says, but I've also seen him flip a switch and suddenly be this incredibly effective, charismatic, high emotional intelligence business person when he has to do it, end quote. At the Panasonic dinner, pardon me, the charming Musk appeared. He sketched out his vision for moving the world to electric vehicles and why the two companies should do it together. Quote, I was mildly shocked and impressed, because whoa, this is not like how Elon usually was on other days, says Straubel. He's a person who's all over the map and you don't know what he's going to say or do. And then all of a sudden, he pulls it all together. End quote. At the dinner, Suga agreed to be a 40% partner in the Gigafactory. When asked why Panasonic decided to do the deal, he replied, quote, We are too conservative. We are a 95-year-old company. We have to change. We have to use some of Elon's thinking. So what I really enjoyed about that passage were... First, JB's quotes about how insane that even they thought it was. And hey, kudos to Panasonic for taking something of a, well, not even something, for taking a leap of faith. For them to admit to themselves and to the public that we are too conservative, we're a 95-year-old company, we have to change, we have to use some of Elon's thinking, that is not an easy thing to do. That shows some humility for as a business leader. That's I think I think Panasonic deserves a lot of credit for that. And now, by the way, as we all know with 2020 hindsight as we sit here 10 years later, both companies are laughing all the way to the bank. And also to a smiling to a greener future for all of us quite frankly. I mean, there is zero question that Tesla would not be where it is today without Panasonic and without the Gigafactory. I mean, they simply would not be able to put up the production numbers that they have without the batteries that are supplied in Nevada. So I just thought this was a really, really cool anecdote in the book for me, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. Next week, I'll give you a little teaser If you're not reading the book, if you are, I guess you could just fast forward through these parts of the podcast if you want. Next week, I will read you an excerpt on the origins of the Cybertruck. But again, you're welcome to beat me to it if you're interested in reading the book yourself. I will say this, being almost at the end, I'll give you my final thoughts on the book next week, but I'll give you my near final thoughts now. And, And that is, I find the book to be pretty even-handed about Elon. To me, it doesn't cast Elon as some divine gift from the heavens, but nor does it attack him either. I think Isaacson has been pretty fair in the book so far. Although, I, I did wonder as I was making my notes for the show this week that I wonder if Elon agrees that that Isaacson's been pretty even handed and pretty fair. And the reason I say that is because I think it's a little telling. I don't want to necessarily read too much into it, but Elon has not mentioned the book since it came out. And, and the reason I think that there is a little bit of relevance to that is because, and this is actually covered in the book in the beginning of it. Isaacson tells the story that we all, we all saw the public tweet version of but when, when Isaacson and Musk were connected by a mutual friend and, you know, it with the idea that, oh, maybe it would be cool if, if Isaacson wrote a book about Elon, they agreed to it, presumably in a handshake deal. And right away, like probably, probably the book doesn't say this, this is my own speculation, but the way it was presented, it, it sounded like maybe like legal documents hadn't even been signed, like no contracts had been signed, but... Elon went and tweeted it right away. And he said, oh, there's a Walter Isaacson's writing a biography on me. Like, I remember that tweet when it came up two or three years ago, whatever it was now. In fact, I'm sure you could easily search and go find that tweet if you wanted to to go take a look. But so the fact that Elon was excited enough when he made the deal to tweet it out and say, hey, I'm Isaacson's writing a biography on me you know the same guy that wrote i mean this is me talking not elon but you know the same the same author that wrote a biography on steve jobs and on einstein and uh, and a bunch of other you know great figures in history and elon tweets about it excitedly and now the book has come out and elon hasn't said a word about it publicly so i don't know if there's anything to read into that or not but anyway i'm enjoying the book i hope you've been in enjoying these uh, couple of excerpts that i've read for you As I said, I've got at least one more for you next week, and then we'll see after that. But anyway, that is the end of this week's Tesla news. Stick with me. I've got some of your excellent Ride the Lightning hotline phone calls coming up right after this. Hi, this is Franz von Holtzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. I took a quick little break after recording that main news block there, that 45 minute chunk of the show, got a sip of water and refreshed my Twitter feed. And I'm glad I did because here's a here's an interesting little nugget to share with all of you. And maybe some of you would want to participate in this on October 7th. So coming up soon, the Peterson Auto Museum in Los Angeles will be holding its annual gala. And they will be auctioning off a 2024, I guess they're all 2024s, but they will be auctioning off a low-Vin Cybertruck. The description reads, be one of the first to own a Tesla Cybertruck. This is for a low-Vin Cybertruck. The Cybertruck is built with an exterior shell made for blah, blah, blah. So uh, you, you know all about the truck, but I went to their website. Sure enough, peterson.org gala so Peterson spelled P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N, no O's in, in Peterson there, peterson.org slash gala, seats cost $1,750 a piece. So, you know, this is, a, this is a fancy thing. It is, it is not, uh, you know, a table is 17500 A premier table is $30,000. And given that little bit of knowledge alone, I would have to imagine that the auction is going to I'm gonna I'm gonna place my guess right now. It's gonna go for at least a quarter million dollars. This is gonna be one of the first Cybertrucks. They're gonna be so rare at first in the early part of the production curve. The the type of clientele that are likely to be at something like this, I will I, I think this is gonna be a quarter million dollar auction. So uh if you if that's how you roll and you want to get in on this, again, I gave you the website. Head on over, buy a ticket, go. And if you, if you end up winning the auction, please email me and I would love to interview you for the podcast. But anyway, I thought all of you would want to know about that. All right, it's time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It's your time to be a part of the podcast. It's your chance to be heard quite literally here. You can call in and ask a question, leave a comment, Propose a discussion topic in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many callers each week as possible, and then email that file to me at my Tesla podcast address, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can call and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. You can do that anytime, day or night. Just call the toll-free number, which is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they are special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit LifeOnRecord.com to learn more. Kicking it off, talking about the Peterson, as coincidence would have it, I actually did not plan it that way. That was actually a perfect segue. That worked out wonderfully. Anyway, here's Andrew from Orlando.
1: Hey, Ryan, this is Andrew from Orlando, Florida, except I am not reporting in from Orlando, Florida for once. I am actually in Los Angeles, California right now, more specifically at the Peterson Automotive Museum. Ryan, thank you so much for telling us all about the Tesla exhibit here. Wow. You know, first of all, I don't think I would have known about the exhibit if it weren't for you, but oh my gosh, words cannot describe. I'm almost speechless about how good this exhibit is. It is so much better than what I thought it was going to be. So thorough. As an engineer, I was geeking out by how how thorough and detailed it was. Seeing the structural battery pack, forty six eighty, you know, Model Y. Seeing the batteries there as part of that. Uh, seeing the the exploding view of the cars. Seeing the original Model S prototype. Uh, oh my gosh, the all the all the the uh, Roadster stuff. But the coup de gras for me was seeing a Cybertruck for the first time in person. Again, from Orlando, we don't get a lot of the, the test vehicles, the the you know the, the spottings that have been happening over the past couple of years uh, out in Florida. We're not in California or Texas, so I've not been able to see one in person. But now seeing it in person, finally, I get the design language. I think the car is actually stunning. I love the lines of it. I love how much room there is in the car, and I get it. This isn't the final version, and the final version is even better. But I can tell you, Ryan, and, you know, because I was talking offline about this, after seeing it in person, immediately standing next to the original prototype here at the Peterson, I went ahead and finally placed my Cybertruck order, my $100 down. It's in Tesla's bank account. I know it's going to be a few years before I get it, and that's fine. You know, Ryan, how much I love my Model S, my 2022 Palladium long range. It's the best car I've ever owned. I was already planning on keeping it for a few more years anyway. And then I'm getting my Cybertruck because this car, oh, my gosh. It is stunning. I encourage all the listeners for the next, what is it, another month or so, while this exhibit is still here at the Peterson, come down and check it out. It's awesome.
0: Andrew, thank you for your call. It's pretty perfectly timed, honestly, because as you mentioned at the end there, we are now down to less than a month left of the Tesla exhibit. I can't believe it's been there almost a year already. October 22nd is the last day. So as of the publication of this podcast, there are three weeks left. If you are a listener of mine and you're in Los Angeles, please go. You will thank me later. And if you're not in L.A., I will honestly tell you that if you can arrange it, the trip is worth it. Some of the cars in this exhibit have never been seen publicly before. The T-Zero prototype that led directly to Tesla as well as Tesla's original Lotus at least development mule are, are the two that come to mind. And I'm not sure that some of these cars will ever be seen again, or at least you'll never, probably never get to see it all in one place together, unless Tesla takes me up on the idea that I had in one of my early lightning round mini episodes and opens a museum that the public can visit, which I would love to see. But... Funny how it's likely to work out that the timing of the end of this exhibit should dovetail pretty directly into the start of Cybertruck production. That's kind of poetic in a way, you know? Thanks again, Andrew. I appreciate the call. Carl in Cincinnati is up next.
2: Hey, Ryan, this is Carl in Cincinnati. got a 21 uh, Model 3 performance. Um, And I just want to leave a quick comment. I went to Discount Tire today replaced my Michelin Pilot Sport for all seasons with Hankook, uh, hold on, A, uh, Evo AS tires, so all season, and the difference is unbelievable, there is the noise, there's no noise, I was astonished driving away at the lack of any noise, I cannot believe it. Not that noise is a huge issue with the pilots, but there's just a great difference. They're almost silent, so much so that I can actually hear the
3: whining a little
2: bit of the motors, which is something I really haven't noticed before. So anyway, they're a great tire. And uh, I want to, you know, I also had a question about um, the the third-party warranties. Do you have any personal experience uh, or know anybody who's used them? I was just curious about that. So, Hey, thanks. I really appreciate it. Your podcast is great. Have a good one. Bye.
0: Carl, thank you for the tire recommendation. And I should note that Carl called back to clarify that the tire is the Hankook Ion Evo A S by the way, that was the full, full name of it. In case anybody out there wants to look into getting the same tire for their model three performance. Anyway, I'd be curious if there was any price difference. I did look, I tried to find out for myself and strangely tire rack didn't show the Hankooks. So maybe they just don't carry them, that brand? I don't know. But I am glad, Carl, that you ended up with a tire that you're happy with and you may inspire your fellow Model 3 performance owners to give them consideration whenever they're ready for new tires, which as we all know is more frequently than the owners of of uh, non-20-inch wheel cars, <laughs> Teslas, I should say. Oh, and uh, to answer your question about third-party tire warranties, I am personally a big believer. I have used them, and at least in my experience with America's Tire, it is a no-questions-asked thing once they inspect the tire, verify that it can't be patched, and then verify that just that you have the road hazard warranty. So personally, uh, this isn't, you know, they're not a sponsor or anything, but I, I can honestly say that I do recommend that tire warranty. For me, it's worth the extra 200 bucks all around. It's about 50 bucks a tire to have that coverage because if you need even one tire to get replaced, if something happens to one tire that's not patchable, that warranty is going to pay for itself. And and I should add, Carl, it's not too late to get it. Since you just got the tires, you can just go right back if you didn't already and buy the warranty policy if you decide to. Thanks for calling in. And next up, JF from Montreal chiming in on my question that I sort of wondered aloud last week about whether or not a lot of people don't use autopilot. You know, every, a lot of people listening to this were enthusiasts, but the greater Tesla-owning public, after my rideshare experience, is plural. So here's JF commenting on that.
4: Hey, Ryan. JF from Montreal here. I thought I'd chime in with my experience regarding your question about autopilot use with the general public. I started out with one of the first standard range Model 3s in early 2019, then traded out for one of the first heat pump models in 2021, And now I have a 2022 model with radar. Every time, I got the black standard range with basic autopilot. I've witnessed a ton of software and hardware improvements over the years. On the autopilot side of things, there has been small but consistent improvements. Last year, however, usability really fell off a cliff. It seems that my radar is no longer used, and Tesla Vision now automatically turns on auto high beams and wipers all the time. The high beams are terrible, but like most people, I just do the double tap followed by the left stock to turn them off. The wipers, however, you can't turn off. In most cases, they do a decent job, but in many situations, they come on for no reason and can really diminish the visibility, especially during the winter months. If you're not expecting it and your windshield isn't at the right temperature, it can be downright dangerous at highway speeds. Like you. I used to always use Autopilot on highways all year long. Last, year, last winter, after a few really dangerous situations, I barely ever used it. This has been so, so frustrating to me. I can assure you I'm not a one-off, judging by the forums, particularly the regional ones who experience the same weather as I do. Tesla Vision is an embarrassment and turns Autopilot into a serious liability. Ironic that it used to make driving safer just a short year ago. Being an early adopter, I still love my car despite the growing frustrations. Most other regular people won't have the same tolerance. I really hope that the Texan and Californian engineers hear this, and thanks for spreading the word, Ren. Take care.
0: Thank you for sharing your experience, JF. And this is a good reminder that I live in a completely different world than a lot of people do weather-wise, certainly to you as one example, and vice versa. And your point is certainly well taken, though. And I would, I would say I would still pose my question to the universe because my autopilot-free rideshare experiences were all in California, where the kind of weather situations that you're describing don't really happen. But again, I do very much appreciate you lending another perspective to this. Thank you for your call. In fact, here's one more call on this topic before uh, I have to wrap it up and move on. Here's Richard from Atlanta.
3: Hey, Richard from Atlanta. I am a Model Y driver and rideshare driver. I'm calling to respond to your rideshare autopilot question you had. Uh, Main reason is that people are hiring a driver. It's not very professional. If the car is driving, you're just sitting there twiddling your thumbs. Secondary reason is a lot of people are just scared to death of the idea of their car, of a car driving them. So you drive the car so that they just feel more comfortable. And the final thing is, is that autopilot is just not as smooth as I am. A lot of first time electric riders get, can get a little motion sick and making it a little bit smoother on the acceleration, deceleration kind of helps that out. Why I drive in chill mode as well. I appreciate the show, man. Catch you next time.
0: Richard, those are all very valid reasons to not engage autopilot when you're driving rideshare. Thank you very much for taking the time to call in and share it from your side, the driver's seat in a rideshare experience. I do really appreciate it. And I appreciate everybody who is kind enough to take the time to call into the podcast. I will get to more of your calls next week. So if you've got a question, comment or discussion topic, feel free to call in. I gave you the instructions for that at the top of this segment. And with that, stick around. I'll be right back with a bit more Ride the Lightning coming up for you right after this.
2: This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out.
0: Well, I don't really have anything to share with you as far as what's going on with my car, since the trunk retrofit is sadly not happening. So I will go right to the pro tip of the week, which comes from Kathy in North Carolina.
3: Hello, Ryan. This is Kathy calling from beautiful North Carolina. Thank you for all that you do in keeping us informed of everything Tesla. Maybe two weeks ago, it was being talked about the new update where the vehicle was handling speed limit changes a little bit better. And there was a little bit of chatter about using that scroll wheel and inching up or inching down the speed limit a mile an hour at a time if you inch it. But I've noticed if you take your thumb and put it on that scroll wheel and give it a little slip like you're just trying to spin it, The speed limit will change at five mile an hour increments, either up or down. I think this will help some of the people out. Thanks again for all you do. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you very much, Kathy. You know, this one is probably on the Mount Rushmore of pro tips. I personally use this one basically every time I drive the car at some point or another. And I think it's become so normalized for me But I've actually forgotten that, yes, this is a totally valid pro tip that's worth remembering and reminding people about from time to time because it's not super obvious. So, Kathy, thank you very much for calling in to remind me and to to maybe share it for the first time with some newer Tesla owners out there. I really appreciate your call. If anybody else out there has a pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Tesla enthusiasts and owners, I tried to say both of those at the same time and my brain just froze instead. It just decided, you know what? I'm not gonna do anything right here. We're just gonna hang on until you figure this out. So anyway, uh, you can call in (laughs) in one of the two easy ways that I told you about earlier in the podcast if you've got a pro tip of the week. All right, let me mention some friends of the podcast that hopefully can be of use to you, maybe now, maybe sometime down the road. I start, as usual, with abstractocean.com. They've got a million awesome products that are available for you to use and purchase. Purchase, then use. Different order. You purchase them first, then you use them. Anyway, uh, interior lighting kits, the drop-in cup holder stabilizer, the fourth-generation tempered glass custom-fit screen protectors, all kinds of great stuff, head on over. Just check it out. See what they've got. See what catches your eye at abstractocean.com. And if anything does catch your eye that you add to your online shopping cart, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. That's RTLPODCAST, all one word, no spaces. Meanwhile, the Snap Plate and the new Snap Plate Plus are available at everyamp.com/rtl and there's a coupon code now as well. Thank you to the EveryAmp folks for offering that. The coupon code is simply RTL and the Snap Plate is the front license plate bracket that I recommend using instead of the one that Tesla gives you. Because the one that Tesla gives you sticks to the front of your car with an automotive, automotive adhesive. And so if you ever want to take it off, it's gonna leave behind some nasty tape residue. I've seen it, I've seen cars with it pulled off, and it's not pretty. So get yourself a snap plate or the snap plate plus at everyamp.com/slash RTL. Uh it is the nice, clean, minimalist front license plate bracket that snaps on and off in seconds, but when it's on, it's on there securely, and the Snap Plate Plus is gonna just not break. It is super strength-optimized with hardened features for maximum strength. Both of them are made from recycled, made-in-the-USA plastics with stainless steel reinforcements, so check that out. Meanwhile, BudgetsafeSolar.com Check them out if you're in the market for solar for your home or business. I'm sure you'll try Tesla solar. But if for whatever reason that ends up does not end up being a good fit for you, I hope Budget Safe Solar will be on your list as well. They now offer home battery storage as part of their installations as well, so you can get the full clean energy, stay off the grid kind of package there, which I'm lucky enough to have as well. Get yours at BudgetsafeSolar.com for your home, business, or both. And if you do end up proceeding with an installation with them, please use the referral code RTL. Immaculate Reflections is an awesome detail shop, professional detailer here in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. So if you're in this area or going to be in this area, boy, do I recommend treating your car to a spa day at Immaculate Reflections. Maybe you want to do ceramic coating which is the next generation version of wax so that you don't have to wax the car for the next three to five years. That ceramic coating applied by a professional detailer like Immaculate Reflections is going to keep that car just beating water right off of it very easily for the next number of years. Maybe you want to do paint protection film on the front of the car or the some different key areas, rocker panels, that kind of thing. Maybe you want to go all out and do PPF over the entire car. Maybe you want to do paint correction. Take all the factory flaws that and just flaws that have come later from little you know, swirls and scratches, it happens. They'll, uh, they'll take those out for you too. So Immaculate Reflections, go to irdetailing.com and if you reach out through the website there and, and you end up booking in some work, make sure you mention up front that you're a Ride the Lightning listener. And if you do that, there will be a nice little Ride the Lightning discount waiting for you. Finally, puretesla.com RTL. That is your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode setups. Free shipping anywhere in the US or a you know modest shipping fee if, if there needs to be international shipping, they will ship anywhere. But they use a micro SD based solution for their dash cam and sentry mode setups that will still plug in via your car's built in USB ports. But the micro SD is just much better suited to the constant reading and writing that the dash cam and sentry mode require. So I'm a fan of this, I use it. Go to puretesla.com slash RTL if you'd like to order their kit. 49 bucks for the 128 gig, $69 if you prefer the 256 gigabyte option. It comes fully formatted for the Tesla cam right out of the package, plug it straight into your car, and that's it. Couldn't be easier than that. My Patreon, which again, I mentioned at the top of the show, but I'll tell you a little bit more here. Find it at patreon.com slash Podcast, And Patreon is a way for people who enjoy a creator's work to support them in an ongoing way. So, for example, there are, there are definitely plenty of podcasters like me that are on Patreon, but there are also musicians, poets, writers, uh, all sorts of creative folks on Patreon. So it's a, it's a safe, secure platform. It's been around for, gosh, at least seven, eight years now, if not longer. I mean, I've been on it for seven. So yeah, I think their Patreon's probably pushing 10 years at this point. Anyway, uh, that is, it's a nice, easy, safe, secure, convenient way that you can go, and if you want to support my efforts here with Ride the Lightning, you can voluntarily do so at patreon.com slash Podcast. The base support tier... It's just five bucks a month, and if you do that, you'll be supporting the podcast, and in return, you will get early access to each week's podcast, as well as, I should mention, a one-time invite, a a sort of welcome, thank you invite to whatever the next monthly Patreon Zoom hangout is, which the, the maximum plaid tier folks get invited to all the time, every month, but anybody that makes a new or upgrades their pledge gets a one-time thank you invite to that. And then there's that $10 a month tier that I mentioned near the top of the show. That'll get you the early access each week, and it'll get you all of those lightning round bonus mini episodes that I do on Patreon every week. So again, you can check it out at patreon.com slash Podcast. You can... Get this podcast for free, of course, on any of the major podcast services, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, TuneIn, Spotify, YouTube Podcasts now as well. Wherever you decide to get it, just make sure you hit the follow button or subscribe button or, or whatever the button is on that particular podcast service. It's free. It just means that every time there's a new episode, which... It's easy with this podcast because it's always 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific every Sunday, but it will push that new episode out to you so you don't have to remember to go and download it or, you know, go down and stream it each and every single week. It'll just happen automatically for you. And I guess finally, my email address Tesla podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to email me for any reason, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. I'm the same handle on both. So you can find me on either of those at DMC underscore Ryan and my referral link. If you need one, uh, I hope you, it seems like you probably don't at this point because nobody's used it in a while, which is totally fine. As I've said, I've, The referral program has been very, very good to me over the years, so I'm glad people are finding friends, family members, coworkers, et cetera, to use. But if you are purchasing a new Tesla and you don't have any other referral link, go ahead and feel free to use mine. Use somebody's, because there's the $500 off the purchase of the car, plus three free months of FSD as well. So if you do wanna use mine, you have to order through this link. So type in your browser ts.la slash ryan73014 and that will take you to the Tesla design studio on tesla.com where you can choose whichever of the four vehicles that you'd like to configure and order and it will, when you place that order, it will do so with those referral bonuses baked in there. And that will just about do it. Other than saying hello and thank you to the plaid, maximum plaid, and Roadster in Space tier backers, I'll say hello to the latter first. Thank you so much to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, who I just did our our monthly one-on-one hangout with. Uh, that's that's the extra perk that the Roadster in Space tier backers get, as they can elect to have a one-on-one conversation with me each and every month. And Lawton usually takes me up on it. And I'll tell you, the hour always flies by. We always have a good conversation. So uh, thank you, Lawton, for your continued and generous support, as well as Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacoveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, Carol Weston, and Robert from Near Philly. Next, the Maximum Plat group, a big thanks goes out to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from New York City, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisneski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley. Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Joel Sapp, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, James Gregory, Adam Lavoy. Contact contactonecallcenter.com, Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, Bruce Otterstein, Tom Behan, Josh Pennington, Matt Kalin, John from Cream Ridge, New Jersey, Sean Tisdale, Dustin Hart, and Michael Gallo. I'm hoping that many of you will be able to make it to the next Patreon Zoom hangout, which is going to be happening this next weekend. I'm going to send out the invites Hopefully by the time most of you hear this, I'm going to do that next Saturday. So look for, uh, you know, I send out an email, I send out a calendar invite, and I make a post on Patreon. So hopefully one of those finds you if my calendar invite or email goes to a spam folder, which can happen, I know. But in any case, I look forward to the next group, Patreon Zoom Hangout. Those are always fun. And finally, I want to say hello to the Plaid level supporters. The Plaid level is no more but these folks continue to very kindly pledge at that level. So in return, they, of course, get all of the perks and bonuses that they are uh, deserving of. So thank you very much to George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peak, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanias the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla Owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Ish, not Elon Musk, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. All right, my friends, that brings me to the end of another week of Plenty of Tesla news, no shortage of things to talk about. Thank goodness. I, as I've said many times, uh, looking back, I could not, I quite literally could not have picked a better car company to do a weekly podcast on. There is just no shortage of cool and interesting things to talk about in the world of Tesla each and every single week. And I'm so grateful to all of you for taking the time to join me on this podcast each and every single week. So a sincere thanks to all of you for your time, for your attention. I really, really do appreciate it because your time's super valuable. And it's, it's quite frankly, it's a, it's humbling that you would choose to spend an hour plus of it here with me on ride the lightning. So for a snoozing Daisy, the boxer to my left, who's over on the couch and a, uh, well, I'm not sure what, what Zelina, the future service dog is up to. She's not in the room right now. I think she's probably out, uh, staring at my, at my wife who's, uh, I can hear over there very, very kindly preparing dinner for the family. And, uh, that dog, you know, a Labrador. So she wants to eat everything, but future service dog, she's not allowed to take stuff off the floor. So that's, (laughs) it's, it's a, It's a good training opportunity, I guess, is one way to look at it. So anyway, I'll stop rambling. Thank you all so much. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you back here next week.